0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today is Dr. John Vance. Hello. Well, John, it's really nice to have you here again with us today. What a pleasure it is. Um, The listeners don't get to see the joy that I have where we're off mic and we're able to talk about issues, and I really appreciate your insights. I'm looking at the calendar and realizing that today... We're about, well, yeah, we're exactly one month away from when the American people will be um, deciding our next president. And uh, that's an important thing to consider. Um, Last week we talked about the philosophical background, the kind of the higher picture, the higher layer of Christians involved in different spheres of life, including the political sphere. Um, Today let's talk about some of the issues Obviously, we're not going to tell you who to vote for. Uh, We're not like some other stations that uh, have an agenda and try to uh, convince you to vote for A, B, C, or D. We're not going to do that. However, as Christians, there are some very important issues at stake. Not sure which one to talk about first. Let me just mention three, and it's not limited to these three, but let me just mention three just to get us started. The sanctity of every human life from conception to natural death. Um, Second, marriage as a lifelong covenantal union of one man and one woman. And thirdly, religious freedom for all persons. So there's three issues that maybe we could talk about, and how you come out on those issues uh, logically will determine who you vote for.
1: Yes, uh, those are three wonderful categories. Of course, they're they are they're quite encompassing, uh, a number of, of issues uh, that that are pertinent today at every turn in the political process. Let me remind the listeners, though, politics and morality cannot be separated. It's not possible. Politics is about human behaviors and how to shape it into a society, and that involves, of course, uh, morality. Mm-hmm. Now, there are those who say that morality and politics ought to be separated, or they will say something like this, you can be a great president but totally immoral in your life. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely a mistake to think that a person can be highly immoral in their life and a highly effective politician Mm. or governor at the same time. We heard that argument about 15 years ago. It is not (laughs) true. A wonderful Yale researcher went through and demonstrated that there is a relationship between private and public. So when we're talking about these issues, while we may not endorse a candidate, and I don't want us to, not just simply because of, um, of any license or anything mm-hmm. of that nature or whatever, that's not my issue. No. The point is, if we're not smart enough to vote what is right and what is wrong, what is moral and what is immoral, then I think we deserve what we get.
0: Yeah. Isn't that the case? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Religious freedom. I, I'm concerned about religious freedom. Um, it seems that the direction of our society, maybe the direction of some politicians, is to say, oh, you can have your freedom to worship, but uh, as far as general religious freedom, just, just do what you do behind closed doors. We don't want, we don't want your morals forced down our throat. They might say,
1: well, there are morals that Christians have that may differ from the world. But then we have a a large agreement, what I would call morals that we can distinguish uh, or draw from nature. Everyone knows it's wrong to murder. Yeah. Everyone knows it's wrong to lie, to steal, to cheat. Right. Uh, and, And but those are matters for our politics. I may have some personal moral matters of how to raise my children in a specific way. S- some Christian parents believe in corporal punishment; others do not. Those are, are going to be more refined and nuanced right, how we right. do that. But we all agree about discipline. Nonetheless, uh, we cannot separate again morals from the political sphere. So we're going to talk about these things. And one of the great things is religious <laughs> liberty. Yeah, uh, we have, of course, the First Amendment. It's 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 the one part of the First Amendment, the religious clause. The two the two clauses actually. Mm-hmm that uh, it seems like the left wing today wants to do away with. Mm-hmm. They, they love freedom of the press, but they do not like this idea of religious freedom. <laughs> and a lot of our politicians don't either, and certainly our courts have curtailed from the very beginning uh, in, of the 20th century in particular, very beginning, begin to shut down uh, religious freedom. Now, you mentioned something very important, and le- just let me get this in. You talked about freedom of worship and freedom of religion. It does not say freedom of worship. It says freedom of religion. Freedom of religion is a broader category, and this extends not just to the churches but extends to the Christian as a citizen. We have a right to express ourselves religiously, our own religion in public, outside of the church walls, and we don't want to be confined to our home right. and our church. I have a right as well as anyone else in free speech to express myself and my beliefs and bring my values to bear on my voting.
0: Now, if this was a communist nation, would you have those rights?
1: For the most part, no. Hmm. It's interesting, though, that the communist uh, regime of Russia, when it was falling apart, the Soviet Union, was actually allowing more religious freedom in public schools. They even they even brought in just the falling, right. brought in missionaries, I and they were te- teaching and preaching and sharing. Yeah. They were worried about their society. But today... You can't even breathe mm. the name of Christ in certain quarters in our society, mm.
0: or you will be sanctioned in some way. It's kind of scary when you consider it. Hey, we're, we're up against the wall. We've got to take a break. Today we're talking about the Christian with respect to politics and the very issues that matter to us as Christians, which will inform us as we go to vote, yay, even a month from now. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and the studio with me today is Dr. John Vance. Today we're talking about some issues that are important to us as Christians. As we are informed by the Spirit, as we read our Bibles, we come to certain conclusions regarding issues. And these issues, of course, inform the way we vote. Uh, We're not going to tell you how to vote on this program. Uh, The entire ministry of Redeemer is nonpartisan. But uh, the issues are certainly important to us. So far we've been talking about religious freedom. A distinction has been drawn between freedom of worship and religious freedom, and I appreciate, John, for you pointing that out. Um, Can you give us some examples of how our freedoms are being attacked? Just some quick examples that, right off the top of your head.
1: Yes, but I will say, while we're nonpartisan, we're not amoral. We're going to discuss these moral issues, and that has to do with freedom of religion to discuss uh, moral issues in our society as Christians. Mm -hmm. And the church, too, has a right to preach the gospel and to proclaim the gospel and its implications concerning morality. Mm -hmm. I've been struck, Dan, by missionaries who come back. We have a team, for instance – Uh, some other churches supporting, too, a team in Macedonia and Bulgaria. Mm -hmm. Um, A 50% abortion rate, I think, in Macedonia and so forth. But what has struck me, I'm getting the prayer notes back to pray for, and how much freedom they have to go into schools, public places, and present the gospel and to administer medicine.
0: The fact that that was a shock to me shouldn't have existed just then. But I was shocked. Yeah,
1: Well, it would shock a lot of people. There are many countries that have invited us, formerly closed Soviet Union countries, that have allowed us to go in. The only exception would be the Muslim countries.
0: Mm -hmm, Sure,
1: But those who were not, all of them, have been much more open than the laws in Western Europe and our own society concerning religion. It's
0: scary. And that wasn't always the case. Just the reverse. I mean, our kids used to learn the Ten Commandments and have prayers and, and that sort of thing in the public school system. Might say how old I am,
1: but when I was a child in grammar school, we called it grade school. Yeah. First and second grade, I can remember the teacher having a Bible
0: reading. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Every
1: morning in yeah. the opening exercises, and we I, had a I, Bible I'm, reading.
0: I'm sure it hurt you terribly to have to sit through that. Oh, we were all Vance. distorted. <laughs> Religious freedom. And, um, Anything else that you can think of, an example of yes. us uh, having our freedoms totally eroded away religiously? Let me give you the latest
1: uh, thing concerning Secretary Sibelius mm-hmm. and the health care law and religious freedom. Roman Catholics have mainly uh, been uh, impacted by this. But it, this, this, this health care law has uh, – has uh, been put forth and it does curtail religious freedom. It will not allow a Catholic hospital, for instance, to withhold an insurance policy that includes abortion and abortifacies, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and birth control now pro- most Protestants are not opposed to birth control. Mm-hmm. But I think all traditional Protestants are opposed to abortion. Oh sure. And and would question highly uh, these drugs that cause abortions. Yeah. So we ought to stand with our Roman Catholic brothers and sisters and the Church uh, in their opposition to this. And that is one place. The second thing that I have noticed is that in um, in a, at football games uh, mm-hmm. in this country.
0: Now you're into football.
1: Oh yeah. I used to oh, play football. I used to play football. And in fact, you know how right. to
0: throw a football. Yeah. From around. You're back. I don't know how you do it. And you get it to spin and hit the right spot. I don't know how you do it. I can't even throw it normally. Luck, luck.
1: Yeah. No, no, you're good at it. <laughs> anyway, the um, uh, Sissonsville High School, high school I know in West Virginia where yeah. I'm from, they were praying. Some of the local pastors were coming praying at the football uh, game, and they've just recently been shut down.
0: They shut them down for yeah. praying.
1: Yeah. Now, I can somewhat, See, in a secondary school where the children are small, okay. The problem is, praise the Lord for the University of Tennessee, they're college people, and they allow pastors to come in and pray at their football games, and the president of the university has told everyone just to back off. These are adult students, and they can do what they want at their programs. We need more boldness like that. (laughs) We do. But but the ACLU and other groups are trying to stop even Prayers in settings like that, which have nothing to do with the government. It. Nothing yeah, to do right. with the government.
0: Right. If anything, you know what? Common sense. Here we go again. Common sense would dictate. If you were in public office, even if you were like a so-so Christian, wouldn't you seem to appreciate people praying for you? Yes. Beseeching God on your behalf for your safety? You know, you, you, we think of people. We, we had people killed. Uh, well, it was over in Libya Right? Our mm-hmm. our ambassador killed. You know, I wonder if anybody was praying for him that day. It seems like our public officials would appreciate us as Christian citizens upholding them in prayer.
1: Well, largely this is a problem because we we have uh, lost a sense of the power of prayer and mm-hmm. its benefits yeah. in our society, unfortunately,
0: even among Christians. Mm. Now I want to talk about the sanctity of life, and uh, I think this is one of those issues where – uh, almost all Christians will agree on. You know, we could talk about other things, um, but but this one really gets to the heart. Um, and, and I, I want to frame it saying that as we talk about the sanctity of human life, that uh, we realize that there's some hurt people out there in this world. You know, we recognize this is a broken, dirty world, and that um, perhaps even you as a listener without realizing the import of the situation. Had an abortion, some some lady, and um, now you regret it. We're not harping on that. You know, we're not here to say, well, we're better than you. You shouldn't have blah, blah, blah. No, I don't want to go there at all. But we're talking it at a different level. We're talking about the life that God creates in a woman's womb, uh, separated from her body by a placenta. Uh, they're indeed two separate human lives, and yet uh, the life takes form in, in the woman's womb. Um, this life, uh, you know, the other day I mentioned our chickens. I, I, here I go on, a, on, on the chickens <laughs> again. But, you know, I was struck by the fact that uh, this mother hen out there, when we bought our 25 baby chicks, there was one hen that adopted those 25 chicks, and i want to tell you at this point she would defend those chicks to the death mm-hmm. if she had to there's no question about it and i think even in the world of nature the animals kind of get it you know by by instinct and and shame on us as human beings that we're we're killing our own offspring
1: nature teaches a great deal even an it alligator does. with a pea-sized brain will protect her eggs isn't that amazing terribly uh, aggressive for someone to mess with the nest, yeah. that eggs that have been fertilized. So nature really teaches us to protect uh, from the egg yeah. uh, to conception to the end of life.
0: Human life it is most precious. I'm glad you mentioned something there, and that is the end of life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, more and more, I'm getting concerned for um, the way our society is moving, particularly because of the health care law. And, mm-hmm. and And the tendency is going to be um, well, you can 't have this particular health uh, maybe maybe it 's a heart heart operation. You had a story about your dad, maybe you could share that
1: My dad at eighty four had a seven bypass surgery. he probably wouldn 't have lived another few hours mm. before he had the surgery. It got that uh, he, he just ignored everything and mm-hmm. he couldn 't even hardly take a breath or anything without having heart trauma, but anyway yeah. in the hospital. Uh today, th- that would be questioned, and if if the uh, health care law goes into effect, he probably would not ever get a, such a costly procedure at 84 years of age. But let me tell you what, my father is still alive, he'll be 97, his birthday. He took care of my mother, who was pretty much an invalid for six years after that. Mm-hmm. Not the state, not even our children. He, he would wheel around in a wheelchair when he, he was 90 and she was 89. And he took care of her. Uh, mm. We don't know what can happen and how much benefit there is. We are only worried about uh, dollars and cents.
0: Oh, that is so uh, true.
1: As someone has said, so-and-so knows the price of everything but the cost of nothing.
0: Yeah, and there, there's a movement afoot to have a, a sort of non-consensual uh, withholding of care or withdrawal of care or treatment, including food and water from people with uh, disabilities. Uh, including newborns as well as the elderly and infirmed. No question. Even in, in our hospitals, th- mm-hmm. th- they will slip and do it, even yes. in some major hospitals. I and, and it's tied to the money. Yes, tied to the money. Yeah. Now, I want to say, I'm not going to tell you which I was reading from. That quote comes from a platform in one of the political parties, how that they are against that sort of thing. I won't tell you who it is, but I I commend them. God well, bless Well, that's a better political
1: platform uh, than some you read. So,
0: consequently, you have to pay attention to how these it moral matters. Issues, uh, it does. Now, what about here? I can't resist asking this. You know, you could have platforms, and in 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 the church realm, we could say we have a confession, and some people say, oh, yeah, I believe in the confession or in the political realm. Oh, yeah, I believe in the platform. And then they they don't really act on it. But isn't it better to have at least something written down and have people say, yep, that's what I believe in, than just guessing at the whole thing?
1: Every statement that you publish in public, while you you may not follow it uh, the way you should, and there may be some hypocrisy in the whole thing, still, it's a statement. It is. And it's a guide for some.
0: Yeah.
1: And... We need to know, to to have guides, and uh, that's why laws that are good laws not only uh, punish the evildoer, but they reward those and give direction to the weak.
0: Yeah. So it it actually, and I've never done this before. I'm, I'm 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 I must confess I've never read a political platform before, but I I actually looked one up the other day, and I thought, oh my. This represents the biblical view. Mm -hmm, I'm mm, impressed at mm -hmm. this particular one. Again, I won't tell you which one it is. Um, The whole idea of marriage, um, you know, we're – here again, the animal kingdom seems to understand this better than Mm -hmm, some humans mm -hmm. do, but um, the Bible teaches marriage uh, until death do us part, right? Mm -hmm. Husband, wife, um, you know, male and female – this, this stuff is so simple. And, and what's your comments on, on this whole thing of marriage?
1: Marlene and I, my wife, have been watching some uh, Charles Dickens videos from the 19th century and uh, uh, George Eliot and others, 19th century British, uh, great acting, great <laughs> acting by these uh, <laughs> uh, British uh, actors. But the world was much more of a Christian world, even when people weren't Christians, and it was very difficult to get a divorce. That's interesting. You did not. In other words, you learn to stick with your children when you didn't want to or not, or your spouse when you didn't want to or not. Yes. And it made a difference. Yes, it does. Uh, we we don't have that kind of support anymore. The Christian culture yeah. has waned so much in our society that we don't have
0: that kind of support no. for the weak. And can I say this? Sometimes in the Christian marriage, there's going to come times where you say, "Holy cow, am I? Holy cow, right? Am I am I offended at what my partner just said, at what my spouse just said?" And um you got to work through it. So you, what? You don't th- exactly. You don't throw in the <laughs> towel. And men, particularly, uh, you're the head of the home. You own responsibility for getting things back on track. I, I firmly. I didn't ask you about this, Pastor, before the we opened the mic. Um, yes, both have to work on it. But there's a special responsibility I feel that the husband owns in terms of the overall. Setting of that of that household, a woman can't e- as easily abandon
1: the biological process and the child the way mm. a man can. Yes, and uh, that that is a special sensitivity, mm. and we have to urge on our yeah. our uh, our husbands and fathers uh, to make that commitment and stick with it, regardless of the rocky road you may experience. Yeah.
0: So anyway, let me let me take this one more step. We're almost at the end of our program today. Another quotation. Another uh, political platform and another quote. Here it is. Um, This one, we affirm our support for a constitutional amendment defining marriage as the union of one man and one woman. Sounds pretty good to me. It it has to be.
1: (laughs) We, We are going off the deep end if we don't recognize common sense and nature. Uh, in, in one sense, marriage is an ordinance of nature. It is a creation of human beings, but ordained by mm-hmm. God, of course, from a christian standpoint but but to be honored among all people and marriage is is the most wholesome, wonderful institution in which to raise children oh yes and of course, I recognize that that 's almost the exception anymore, but that mm-hmm. part of America which is is uh, taking this seriously is is progressing. And being blessed in a much greater way than where there is not. If you want what, if you want a prescription for poverty, what you do is get a divorce. If you mm-hmm. want a prescription to undermine the future of your children, just just get a divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I know this may sound easy coming from my lips, and some of you are struggling out there. Mm-hmm. But let's don't do away with the norm because our performance is not where it should be. Amen to that. We have to keep the norm there so that we always strive to conform to that which is good and holy and true. We don't do away with murder because we're all murderers and then excuse ourselves. We say, no, even though there's murder in the streets, we're still going to keep that on the law of the books. Mm -hmm. Same thing about marriage. Uh, No other way really works. Mm -hmm. No other way has the sanction of Scripture, of course. Yeah.
0: Well, I see we're out of time already for our program today. We've been talking about some of the issues that should be in your mind. Uh, They're biblical issues as you walk into the voting booth uh, a month from today. And may God grant you much wisdom to vote in a godly way and realize that this is an imperfect world. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is perfect, but you're going to have to make some tough choices. May God direct you in that. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me today has been Dr. John Vance. This is A Plain Answer. Please visit us online at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Please join us again next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.